If you have your Bibles, turn to Galatians chapter 6. Galatians chapter 6, verse 11 through 18. Before we do that, let's pray. Holy Father, we thank you for this moment, this chance to get together in the middle of the beginning of a week and to worship you. Lord, we thank you for sending Jesus Christ for us. Thank you that he is our hope. So God, I pray that you help us to turn to you and keep our eyes focused on you. Lord, I pray that you just be with those that are just this week struggling with so many different things that emotionally, spiritually, physically, God, I pray that you would just comfort them, strengthen them, help them to find strength in you. Lord, help us to love the gospel. Help us to see Jesus Christ as what ultimately satisfies. So God, I pray that you just, Holy Spirit, take control. Open our minds, open our hearts to your word. And I pray that you would speak to us and we would apply it to our lives and we would glorify you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. This is our last message from the book of Galatians. We've been going through Galatians all fall, and it's kind of sad um, for me when I wrap up a book because I look back and think, oh, I should have said it this way. There's so much more that we could have said. So hopefully you've taken the time through this month to read through the book of Galatians. It is an extremely powerful book. But Galatians chapter 6, 11 through 18 says this, See with what large letters I am writing to you with my own hand. It is those who want to make a good showing in the flesh who would force you to be circumcised, and only in order that they may not be persecuted for the cross of Christ. For even those who are circumcised do not themselves keep the law, but they desire to have you circumcised that they may boast in your flesh. But far be it for me to boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world." For neither circumcision counts for anything, nor uncircumcision, but a new creation. And as for all who walk by this rule, peace and mercy be upon them and upon the house of Israel, of, upon the Israel of God. From now on, let no one cause me trouble, for I bear on my body the marks of Jesus. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit, brothers. Amen. There's a lot of things that can cause us awe. I mean, this week was, Friday was Black Friday, and everybody was out shopping, total craziness. Um, people getting pepper spray, people getting shot, and you look at all this stuff and you think, it's just awe. Why? Over an Xbox, does this take stuff take place? That's a bad type of awe. But there is an other, another type of awe that we should be awed with. And as we come to the close of a book, as we've studied it the last few months, what I'd like us to leave with is just the awe of the gospel of grace. I think that's what Paul is doing here at the end. The argument all the way through, he first had to defend himself. He had preached the gospel to the church of Galatia. They believed. They responded to the gospel. They were excited about Jesus Christ. And then some people came in and said, no, you need, you need more than Jesus. You need to be circumcised. You need to follow the law. And if you do those things and add Jesus to it, then you'll be right with God. And Paul came in and he said, no. The only way to be right with God is through Jesus Christ alone. And so he defended himself for the first part of the book, and then he explained how it's by, through Christ alone. And he kept preaching the gospel to these people. He's saying, it's Jesus, it's Jesus 
And now at the end, he wraps up the book one last time and it just repeats the gospel of grace. But look how he does it. To see what large letters I am writing to you with my own hand. Most of the books of the Apostle Paul, most of them he wrote and he used a secretary, someone he would dictate the letter to. And he did that for most of this book, but right at the end, he was so passionate for the message that he took the pen from the secretary and he wrote it in big letters. And they would have secretaries because they'd write on scrolls back then. They'd, they'd have secretaries because these people were trained to write small and to write very neatly on these pieces of paper. And Paul says, look, this is, he's like making this bold, like in a talist. So when they read the scroll to the church, they would have turned it and showed them this is how these are big letters that he's writing this. He's emphasizing these last few things. He's emphasizing these things. He wants us to know these things. To see what large letters I am writing to you with my own hand. It's about Jesus and the gospel. Don't mess that up. Don't miss it. Paul was completely gripped by the gospel. He was a person who should not really have believed the gospel. He was well-trained as a Jew. He had everything going for him. He was he had the right schools. He was highly educated. He had everything. He was a Jew among Jews. He was rising in his social class, rising in his career. But then he was awakened to the gospel of Jesus Christ, and that changed everything. He was transformed by it, and he wants the same thing for us. And so he says, as I finish this letter to you, I'm putting this in very big, bold print. Don't miss it. This is the heart of my message. It's the gospel that I want to share with you. He wants to see Christ formed in them. How to become right with God, how to grow in sanctification in the process of growing in our faith and in our righteousness and in God's awesome grace. Life is hard. It is extremely difficult to go through life, isn't it? Everybody was buying video games this week, and I was thinking about this. The light, life is like Donkey Kong. You know, you're trying, to, you're trying to climb up this rope. You're trying to succeed, and there's this big monkey throwing barrels at you, and you're just trying to, you got to overcome all these obstacles constantly. That's how life is, is. There's things that constantly surprise us. Life never works out the way we think it's supposed to work out. It never goes the way we planned. It's extremely difficult to get through. So Paul says, we need the grace of the gospel to get through. And he makes it really, really big for us to see this. And he says, grace does a few things for you. He says, the first thing it does is grace peels back the cover of legalism and license. The two things that we're all prone to do. We're either prone to live in legalism and rules, rules, rules to feel that we're right with God and growing in our relationship with God, or we just feel that we can just, yeah, we like God, and we can kind of live however we want and live in license. And if you live on either one of those two roads, the Bible says you will end in destruction. Paul said that it would end in destruction for anybody who taught that in Galatians. So grace peels back the cover of legalism and license. He says this, it is those who want to make a good showing in the flesh. This is why I wrote this book to you. Because there are people who are trying to make a good showing in the flesh. They don't really care about you. 
They don't really want the best for you. They, they, want, to, they want to care about themselves. They want their best interest. And that's why they want you to be circumcised. For he says in verse 13, For even those who are circumcised do not themselves keep the law, but they desire to have you circumcised that they may boast in your flesh. There's, there's three things that legalism will do or license will do. It is either all about position, about being a pleaser of men, and about pride. Because we want to think that, that we are good and we are right. And so legalism will feed that and it will give us this position that if we do all these things, then we are better than other people and it will lift ourselves up. And it will, will just help us to please men and other people aren't going to attack us and criticize us. And this builds our pride. Legalism will destroy your life. That's not the gospel. The gospel is freedom. And the difficulties of life, all the struggles that we're going through, all the things you're trying to overcome, the gospel is the thing that will give you freedom. It's the thing that will be like a helium balloon that will help you soar. And if you get it tied down by legalism or license, you've missed the gospel. Because then it becomes about position and pleasers, being a pleaser and about pride. I met a man who, I believe he's a follower of Jesus Christ, but his life has been just ravaged by legalism and license, both of them. And I was standing outside talking to him, and he was concerned about his neighbor. And he says, I want you to go in. Can you, can you go with me and talk to my neighbor about Jesus Christ? I said, sure, I'll go over there with you. So we, we walked over to his neighbor's house, and as we're walking, he starts telling me his life story. And all the things that he has gone through, and he says, you know what? There was a time when I had a Bible with 1,500 names written in it who I had told the gospel to, and they had prayed, and they asked Jesus to come into their, to their life. But, then his, but it was all about position for him. It was all about just pleasing men. That's what he was told to do. You know, just get people to say this prayer and then have them write this thing in their name. And if you do that, then the, the more names you have in your, your Bible, the more spiritual you are. And it puffed him up. And then sin came into his life and in his family's life and it just destroyed him and his family. And he's still suffering today because of it. Because if you live by legalism or license, it's all about position, being a pleaser of men and pride, and it will destroy your life. And Paul says, don't do that. The grace of God, the grace of God peels back the cover of legalism and license. What are you living by? What is it that you're trusting in to make yourself right with God? Is it that you're here? That you showed up for church? That you're doing things in church? Is that what makes you feel accepted and right with God? Or is it that you... You know, you're just here because you since Sunday after Thanksgiving, you really don't care about God, so you just showed up. You kind of like God, but he's not going to control any areas of your life. He's okay for Sunday for about an hour, but after that, I'll like him. I'll put a check on my Facebook page for Jesus. Yes, I like what you say, but I'm not going to befriend you. I'm not going to let you be my friend and control my life. Either one of those two things will destroy you. And it's the grace of God on us when it peels that back for us and we can see if we're living in license or legalism. And Paul in his bold letters is trying to get this church not to do that. 
He goes, don't boast in that because our hearts want to do that. We either want to go towards legalism because it's so much easier. Just somebody tells us what to do so that I can feel good about things. Or we want to go to license because it just feels good. And we can kind of enjoy stuff because it seems so hard to enjoy life. So just let me enjoy something. Those two things will destroy us, the Bible says. We need the gospel to rescue us. Paul said these people who are trying to get you to live by the law, they don't even follow the law. They aren't even living by the law because they're just trying to get notches on their belt of all these people that they can get to around them. That's living by the law. And Paul said all through Galatians that the law was not meant for us to find grace. It was meant to expose sin. We know we're sinners because of the law. It doesn't help us Get right with God. It doesn't help us grow in our relationship. The the law, Paul said, was old. We needed help. There's an old poem that says, Run, John, run, the law commands, but gives neither feet nor hands. Better news the gospel brings. It bids us fly and gives us wings. If, as you live your life, and moments happen where you recognize sin, and you realize, wow, if I'm I'm heading down a wrong road, and people point that out to you, or you see it in your own life, that's a good thing. That's the grace of God on your life. Grace does that for you. It peels back license, and it peels back legalism. Don't get upset with that. When people expose sin, or God exposes sin in your life, or it brings you to a point where you have to decide, are you going to follow me, or are you going to follow God? Don't get upset about that. That's God's grace on you. That is God's absolute sovereign grace on your life. And pray that it would happen more. Paul says in big, bold print, grace peels back legalism and license so that we can hopefully see the gospel because Paul says this in verse 14, but but far be it from me to boast Those other people who are trying to get you to live away from Jesus Christ and the gospel, they just want to boast in themselves. They want to get notches on their belt. They want to celebrate themselves. But Paul says, far be it from me. There is no stronger negative that that was written in. It says, let it be, may it be impossible, may it be absolutely impossible for me to boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by which the world has been crucified to me, and I to the world. This is what the gospel does. Legalism and license makes it about position, being a pleaser of men, and pride. And the gospel comes in and destroys all those things. Because the gospel said somebody, not you, not me, somebody had to come and rescue us. Someone outside of yourself had to rescue you to make make us right with God. God himself had to come to rescue us. When you let humanity have its own way, when you just let us do what we want and you give us that type of freedom where we just think we can do whatever we want, that always ends in a crucifixion. It always ends at a cross. Somebody had to die for that. That's where that ended. When man had free will to choose to sin, that ended at the cross. The God of the universe had to come and die for all of that. That crushes our pride because none of us 
could get, escape from that. The cross is a killer of pride. We can't boast in anything else. And why would we boast in a cross? It'd be like boasting in the electric chair. There was nothing pretty about the cross. Romans would not even use the word cross in their sentences. I was just with somebody this weekend, and we were talking about a tragedy that happened in their life, and as they, their, their friend's life, and as they're telling me the story, they get to the point of what happened, and they just whisper it, because it was so tragic. That's how it was with the cross. The Romans didn't put it on their churches, they didn't wear it around their necks. It was a horrific thing, the cross, that they would take somebody, beat him, nail him, leave him out for hours to the elements, naked and exposed, so he could suffer a slow, painful death. That's the cross. And Paul says of everything that there is to glory about Jesus, it's not his, it's not his healings, it's not his miracles, what I'm going to boast in, what I'm going to be find joy in, what I'm going to rejoice in, what I'm going to praise, I'm going to boast only in the cross. It is the cross of Christ that I need. That's the gospel. That is the only thing that will rescue you. That will be the only thing that will help you survive this Donkey Kong of life. When people are throwing things at you, when you're trying to overcome things, the only thing that will get you through is the cross of Jesus Christ because that cross took all sin, all shame, and it crucified it there. And Paul says... Be it far for me to boast in anything but the cross. The world has been crucified to me, and I to the world. Sin is failing to love God with all our being and actively refusing to acknowledge and obey Him as our Creator and Lord. That's what sin is. We are in active rebellion against God by our own free choice. And the God of the universe had to come and die on a cross for every bad choice you made. And our only hope is that. That's the good news of the gospel is that Jesus would come for us. He would come as a baby, live fully as a man so he could suffer the cross. His whole life pointed to the cross and everything since that points back to the cross. Without the cross... We have no hope whatsoever, but with the cross, it's the unbelievable, awe-inspiring grace of God on us. If we would boast only in the cross, we would find great hope. Because at the cross, Jesus says it's finished. It is absolutely finished. It's not what you do. You don't have to do anything. You can't do anything. There's nothing you can do to be right with me. There's nothing you can be to do to earn and live the life that I designed you to, to live. But because I went to the cross, because I died in the cross, it's finished. Now you can. Because of what I did for you, you can live the life I wanted for you. And that's what inspired Paul. And he says, be it far from me to boast anything in the cross. What are you boasting in? What is your greatest joy? What is it the thing that you rejoice and praise in? What is it the number one thing that is at the center of your life? If it's not the gospel, if it's not the cross of Jesus Christ, you may be off step with the gospel. You may be sliding into legalism or living in license. Paul says we have to constantly fight to make the cross the center. 
Because at the cross, it changes everything. It will transform your life. There is no more Jew or Gentile. There's no more rich or poor. There's no more Republican or Democrat. There's no more college educated or street smart. At the cross, we all come to the cross the same way, as sinners. And Jesus says, if you come to me as a sinner, if you respond to me as what you are, I will make you my son. I will give you hope. You are my child. No matter what your background, no matter what your experience, no matter what your difficulties in life, because of the cross, that's our hope. We need to exalt and glory in the cross. It's the most amazing gift of God for us. It is the ultimate reason why Jesus came was for the cross. What are you boasting in? What excites you? What, re- what makes your heart leap with joy? What is the number one thing? If it's your family, you need to repent and make it Jesus in the cross. If it's your job, you need to repent and make Jesus the center of your life. If Jesus is not the center of our lives, we're easily going to sway to either legalism or license. Paul said, be it far from me to boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by which the world has been crucified to me. I gave up everything. To come to the cross, you have to kill your own and let your own desires and let your own way die. You have to come to the cross and say, you know what, I can't live this life anymore. I can't do it the way I want to do it, and I acknowledge that. I can't figure this thing out. I can't overcome my problems. So I'm going to surrender them to Jesus. And if you'll do that, humble yourself, Jesus will say, I will accept that. If you put your faith and trust in him, he will say, I will accept you as my son. That's unbelievable. That's the amazing grace of God that should leave us in absolute awe. Grace, though, also produces the effects of life in you. Paul had everything going for him. He was a Jew among Jews. He had it made in his job and his vocation. He was highly educated. He had everything. But he said, you know, I gave up all of that so I could glory in this cross, this thing that's an instrument of death. Because when I did that, when he did that, that's when he found life. Because this is what the cross does for us. It produces the effects of life in us. Paul says, For neither circumcision counts for anything nor uncircumcision, but a new creation. And as for all who walk by this rule, peace and mercy be upon them and upon the house of Israel. We want to know how to be right with God. We want to know how to live right. And here's what happens for some of us. We, we accept Jesus as our Savior. We want to figure out life, but then all of a sudden life happens. And we're getting beat up all over the place. And it just doesn't seem like God's really there. He's not, how is this working out? It doesn't seem right. And so we feel we have to start doing things. If I do this, well, then I'm going to force God to bless me. Because I will do this, 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 and this, and this. All the things he says to do. And then I can just come over here and pull the chain. And he's got to bless me. And if he doesn't, then it's God's fault. That's legalism. It will always leave you frustrated. And you'll always be discouraged. Because you'll never be able to do enough things to get what you want because that's law. And God says the law is not meant to work like that. The law was just to show you that you are foolish to live that way. 
Because the cross says, come to me, surrender your life to me, let me live through you, and I will satisfy you like you've never experienced before. Come eat of me, taste of me, live, let me live through you, and you'll be unbelievably satisfied. We just don't believe that. We don't believe that. We have a problem with unbelief. We think that, no, that just, we, can't, we can't surrender. We have to do something. Or we just say, well, I tried, and so I'm just done with God. I'll, 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 I'll check like on his Facebook page, but I'm not going to let him control anything. Because when I did, it didn't go the way I wanted it to go. And that's license. But it's the gospel that produces in us the effects to live the life God wants us. We needed the gospel to become right with God, and we also need the gospel to live right with God, to be sanctified, to become more like Jesus Christ, to become more, let Christ be formed in us. We do it by the gospel. We walk to the gospel, we see the cross, and we realize that we can't do it on our own, that we need somebody outside of ourselves. And the gospel says, because I did this for you, you're my son. Because I did this for for you, now you can do what I ask of you. It's not because of what you do, it's because of what I did. That's where our hope comes from. That's where we can rest in the power of the gospel. God wants us to live free and have this new affection for Jesus. It's possible. It is possible. It is absolutely possible for you to live life in joy and in the power of the gospel. It's possible for you to go through life with all kinds of things being thrown at you and still have an unbelievable, deep sense of satisfaction and joy in God and not be shaken. It is unbelievable. It is absolutely possible because of the grace of God on us. C.S. Lewis, in his book, The Horse and His Boy from the Chronicles of Narnia Stories, there's a boy named Shasta. He, he, he grows up living with this fisherman. And he, and he finds out he's so different. The fisherman's always abusing him. He's getting beat up. He's treated like a slave. And he just feels like this isn't right. And so Shasta meets this talking horse. And they escape. And they go through all these, these to try to get to Narnia. And as they're traveling through, trying to get to all these places, all these bad things start happening to Shasta. And he's trying to figure out how this is good and how is it going to work out. And he loses his friends. He loses everything. He can't find his way. He's completely lost. Life has bared on him difficultly, and it's hard. And he wants to give up. And he says this as he's riding, thinking to himself. He goes, I don't think, said Shasta, that I must be the most, I think, I do think, said Shasta, that I must be the most unfortunate boy that ever lived in the whole world. Everything goes right for everyone except me. And he starts to have this big pity party for himself as he's going through, riding through the forest. And all of a sudden, he can hear and feel this, this breath breathing on him. And he's not sure what it is. And he's riding, and he's riding, and he feels this hot breath on him. And he knows somebody's there, but he's not sure what it is. Finally, he just screams out, show yourself, who is it? And Aslan, the lion, starts talking to him. And he says, you're not the worst boy that ever lived. You haven't had the most difficult things. The reason you were with that fisherman is because you were about ready to go die in a shipwreck, and I pushed you to shore. 
The reason that you lost your friends is I needed you to help rescue the nation and point you to this other direction. And what he says all the, all the way through, I have been with you. All through the difficulties, the things you didn't understand, I was with you. That's what God has done for us. The Holy Spirit, if you know, if you have Jesus Christ living with you, is the power of the gospel. And Jesus says, I am with you. Through the darkest days, I was with you. You don't, you don't know why you're going through this. And part of the story in the Chronicles of Narnia, as Aslan's telling, he says, the boy says, well, what about this person? What about this person? And he says, I'm telling you your story. I tell no one any other story but his own. You don't know why other people have it the way they do. God doesn't tell us their story, but he wants us to live our story. And he wants us to live our story in dependence on the gospel, in dependence on Jesus Christ. And Paul says this, From now on, let no one cause me trouble, for I bear on my body the marks of Jesus. And he closes the book of Galatians this way, The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit, brothers. These people in the church of Galatia, they were walking away from the gospel. But God in his grace sent them Paul to tell them not to do it. They didn't deserve it, and neither do we. It is God's grace on us. How are you living your life? Are you so frustrated? You're so angry? You can't figure out why you've done all these things and it still doesn't work out for you? You're trying to make yourself right with God by doing all these things and it's not working out? God says, it's not going to work out that way. It's not going to work out that way. But if you come to me, come to me repentant, come to me seeing me, seeing me as the only way, I will give you hope. I will let you live your story for my glory. It's the grace of God on us. Paul closes the book of Galatians with grace, and it should end us. It should make us all be in awe of God's grace. We don't deserve the grace of God. Your worst day on earth is better than you deserve. But because of God's love for us, he sent his son to die on a cross and be crucified and suffer for you so that if you will respond and if I will respond in faith and repentance, he will give us hope. And not just give us hope, he will make us his son so that one day we will spend eternity with him in glory forever and never get what we deserve. That's grace. That's the gospel. That's why we need Jesus. We need to live and boast in the cross. It is our hope. Boast and rejoice in the cross. Taste and see Jesus. Desire to be like Jesus and live in the hope of the gospel. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Holy Spirit, I just pray that you would impress on our hearts right now the grace of God. Help us to ponder it this week, to think about it, to, to rejoice in the cross. Help us to keep coming back to Jesus and the cross as our only hope. 
Help us to rest in it as a church. Help us to rejoice in it. God, I pray that through that, the grace of God would explode through Cornerstone. That we would love others because of our love for you. That we would be so in awe of the grace of God on us that we can do nothing but want to share the grace of God with others. Lord, help us to see you as our only treasure. Help us rejoice in your grace and have great, great joy in you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.
before.